Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is. Christ our Lord. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I thank you all for joining us today. We are here with the Hope in Christ Book Club members, and we are going to be doing a book discussion with um, author Waletta Dunn. It is an amazing, amazing read that we just finished um, so we're going to talk to her about it, but before we begin, uh, we will begin with a word of prayer. The title of the book is Positions of Compromise, and when we come back from prayer, we'll begin interviewing Arthur Waletta Dunn. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this platform. We thank you for who you are, God. We bless your name and we magnify you. Father, we pray that someone that is listening will hear the very, very serious topics that were um, spoken about in this novel. Father, we thank you for just allowing Willetta to write about this. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for how you're using her and others to take the message of the cross to the world. Father, we bless you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. So before we begin, we want to bring Waletta in and have her introduce herself and just tell us a little bit more about who she is. Well, thank you, Pastor Denise. Thank you for the opportunity to um, come and speak to you and the listeners and the readers. I appreciate this opportunity. My name is Willetta Mason Dunn, and um, I am the author. I have several um, Christian fiction out on the market now. Today we'll be talking about um, positions of compromise. I do have a series that's out there with a well. Um, three book series, but there are standalones. And I also have a few uh, Bible journals out there. If you're anything like me, um, I when I am in church or having my uh, personal Bible reading, I have so many notes inside of my Bible from little pieces of paper that I had to develop a way to keep my notes organized. And so uh, I've created a Bible study journal that will help us to do that. And then I also have a family journal, which um, it opens lines of communications between family members. It mainly encourages um, conversations between the different generations so that we can talk about um, where, our, where our grandparents have uh, come from, which is where we've come from, and we need to know all those um, things that are happening and, and, and listen to our grandparents and parents and find out the stories of their lives, which is the story of our lives. And I am, besides being an author, I am a mother and a, hus- 
a wife. I'm sorry, I'm not a husband, I'm a wife. And um, I just love the Lord, and I am so blessed. I thank God every day for the opportunities that he's given me and the doors that he's opened for me. And, And just planting the seed and giving me Something that I love to do, I love writing and writing stories, and and I love the Lord, and to put them all together and to be able to use them to help others is just amazing. Amen, amen. Thank you, Waletta, for sharing your introductions with um, the audience. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, My first question um, before I start with my question, I just, again, want to say the book was amazing. Um, it touched on so many different topics. I um, I thought about myself when, when she was dealing with the fibroids and just the mm. different things and then the, the way they were treated at work um, <laughs> and how they were, you know, the manipulation and the different things. And so it was just a lot of topics that were you know, brought out. So my first question is, what inspired you to write Positions of Compromise? Well, that's a very good question. I believe that, well, I can tell you that there's a little bit of me in every one of those ladies in the story. I've had to deal with fibroids. I've had to deal with uh, wanting to have another child. I've had to deal with sexual harassment in the workplace. And um, so there's a little bit of me in all of those characters, but I never had to go through any of those things alone. I I am human. I am a woman, and I deal with issues day to day just like every other person, but I do know how to um, to pray and to get through those things. But um, the practical application of God's word is what got me through those things. And that is what motivated me to write the story because I know that I'm not the only one. There are women, there are, as when we start to talk to each other about the things that we've gone through, we'll realize that we are not the only one. We are not the only one who's had to deal with fibroids and be in the workplace and the, all the things that come with that. We're not the only one who the only woman who has longed to have another child or to have a first child and to wonder why it's taken so long and to be um, happy for your friends who are uh, pregnant and and we are not the only ones who have had to deal with sexual harassment in the workplace. It's been going on for a long time. I agree. I agree. And, um, and like I said, I just like the way you develop the characters and you told from their points of view as well. Um, my second question, and then I'll let one of the book club members ask you um, a question. But my second question is um, Sasha's character. Um, I like the way you told it from her perspective. Why do you think that was important? Because we all of us either work with a Sasha or we have been a Sasha. And um, just, you know, we, as we grow in life, we change in life. So we may have been a Sasha at one point in our life, and now we're no longer that Sasha. We, we no longer have those, um, the characters, um, the tendencies that she has. But it's important to put her in there because, number one, if you work with someone who's like that, they generally that person um, needs 
some help, some issues, and they probably feel alone. I feel like when you we've all worked with someone who is just just mean or um, withdrawn from other people. People don't just they're they're not like that by nature, but there's something that has happened that it causes them to be that way. As Christians, we have to know how to reach out to them and to draw them in, to show them God's love so that they can feel that I'm not alone. Even the meanest person at work feels alone. I just believe that, that it, it's, they are that way because they feel lonely and have uh, low self-esteem. And the person at work who is always flirting, there's something there that they really are looking for. And as Christians, we can be able to help them through whatever they're going through. And so that's one of the reasons I put Sasha in there because I've been there. I've been in that position before. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Yes, I, I did enjoy reading about her character, just seeing it from her point of view made a whole lot make sense, even with, you know, the pregnancy and things like that. It just made you make think about a person in that position. Um, mm-hmm. Now, one of the book club members, do you all have a question or does anyone have a question for Waleta? You can go ahead and ask her now. Uh, this is Marcy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't pretty much have a question, but I really um, could identify with the character. Danny, um, my, I myself went through the same thing. It took three years after having um, my first child to have a second daughter and how, you know, I felt like you really, like, zoned in on how I was feeling, kind of brought it back to my memory. I mean, my daughter's 31 now, but but it, zoned, it had me zoning back and kind of reflecting back on how I felt like, you know, I was a failure or maybe my my one-time pregnancy was just it and I wouldn't have any more children and just believe in God and trying to get to that place to believe God that he would bless me with another child. So I just want to thank you because sometimes when we go through things that may have been years ago, sometimes we kind of forget that, you know, there was a time that we went through a situation like that and how it made us feel. So I I thank you for really bringing that back to my remembrance and just rejoicing in the Lord that not only did I have a second daughter, but I had another daughter. So it was was awesome. It was awesome. I really, really enjoyed the book. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that, Marcy. I, I am Danny as well. There's some things about Danny. Uh, my son is now 25 years old, and wow. um, most of what Danny went through um, mm-hmm. when she was trying to have a baby is exactly mm-hmm. what I went through. Mm-hmm. I wanted another baby, and it was three years that we were waiting, yeah. waiting yeah. for God to bless us with that baby, three years of watching friends get pregnant and have babies. Right three years of watching people who I thought didn't deserve to be parents have babies because uh-huh. they didn't they didn't appreciate what what was happening to them. Right. Family members having babies mm-hmm. and just waiting on three years that month after month of being disappointed. Yeah, disappointed, right. Waiting and saying, and then you, you think maybe this is a month, okay, I'm late, I'm late, this is it, I'm late. Right, right. And then finding out it didn't, it didn't work out. 
So we got to the point where we just even stopped because uh, buying pregnancy tests. I would buy pregnancy mm-hmm. tests every month, and I said I'm not going to do that anymore. Then I tried. Oh, I wow. read every book and did everything. I thought God mm-hmm. needed my help, but as I look <laughs> back, I know that it was God's perfect timing because my son. We prayed for a son named Michael, and we got mm-hmm. a son named Michael. That's exactly what He blessed us. But it was on wow. God's time. And I know right. that had Michael come any earlier, it would not have been good for me, for my husband, uh-huh. for our marriage, or for our family. So God knew exactly what he was doing. Right. And God has a, a great sense of humor, too, because I found <laughs> out I was pregnant by accident because I had got my finger broke at work and went to go get an x-ray. Like, well, I'm like, I don't know. Because I just didn't think it, you know, with the time. And they right. took the pregnancy test, and they were like, oh, Miss Thomas, you're pregnant. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I can really relate to her character. Wonderful, wonderful, yes. That um, in the story, um, it happened like that with me. I was at church wow. when I just had this overwhelming need to sleep. And that's one of the signs that I, one of the uh, symptoms I had the first time I was pregnant, I just was, it was just overwhelming, overpowering. Right. And the Lord told me while I was in church that I was pregnant and I was so oh, happy. And on yeah. the way home, we stopped and got a pregnancy test. And because it had been months that mm-hmm. I, since I bought a pregnancy test, I said I wasn't going to do it again. And I got right. that pregnancy test and I was so excited when I saw it. Wow. So I understand that we are not the only ones who have gone through this. Exactly. No, you it, are not. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can be a blessing to other women who are in the middle of this because it is um, you're sad, it's overwhelming, you, you just don't know. You think, has God forgotten about me? Is he punishing me? What, why? Why do I have to wait? Why is everybody else being blessed with a child? And so when we see and meet women who are going through those things, we can share our stories and be a blessing to someone else. Amen. And I, I, I also dealt with, well, I dealt with um, infertility, and so, it was a while, I think it was three years before, after miscarrying, that um, we had BJ and um, dealing with endometriosis. But I was able to relate to, to her as well because mm-hmm. I felt like God was punishing me. So, And I felt like, why? You know, I saw babies and, you know, and it was God showing me that I needed him before I needed, you know, before I needed right. that baby, you know. Mm-hmm. So. It's, funny, it's funny how we get to the point where we, there's nothing else that we can do, and then God blesses us, and he has to get the glory because there's no way we can take the credit for what God has done because we've done everything that we could. God, it had to be God. It had to be God. Yes, yes. And does anybody else have a question for Orletta before I ask her the next question? All right, so my next question is Mr. Westcott. Am I saying the name, the character correctly? Um, He... 
I, I'm just gonna say I just wanted to fight with him. I just really did. I, I can't. I can't think of anything else. He was so obnoxious. Like what mm-hmm. in the world? I, I just kept reading and reading. Like what is wrong with him? And so, mm-hmm. um, I just I want to ask a fun question. You know, okay. if you were to have your that book into a movie, because I could picture a movie when I was reading it. Um, what character would he, or who would play him? That's my question. Hmm. I have I hadn't thought about that. Let's just think about that for a minute. Who do who plays him? Now I, I picture. Love um, go ahead. I, the the gentleman that used to be on Jamie Foxx show, Life Game Fella. I think he used to call him Broham. You know, I just picture him in that role. I can't remember the name of his character. I can't, I can't remember that. I can't remember what show. Right. He. Um. What was his her name? Fancy. He. He. Um. Had a crush on her as well as Jamie Foxx's character. Um. They both. They walked at the hotel that um, Jamie Foxx's aunt and uncle ran. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't remember the show, but yeah, I pictured that character playing Mr. Westcott because he was kind of very proper and, you know, arrogant. Okay, okay, arrogant. Mm-hmm. And we have all worked with somebody like that. And Absolutely. At one, at one time or another, I'm still trying to see I, I, who I know. I love Denzel, and I know that he could reach that way and play. I, I've never seen him play a character like that, but I'm sure he could uh, or even um, – I can't even think of that. Um, I don't know. I don't know who could who could who could do that. What who? What do you think, Denise? Who 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 would you like to see playing a role like that? I was saying I was gonna gonna say Denzel because he could, you know, that his toughness that was in the story. I think he could carry out that role, and um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I didn't see, I can't see Denzel like that in real life, but yeah, I right, think right, he could right. carry out that role, and I just thought that he just didn't get it because he was at the top, and and there mm-hmm. are a lot of people that are very arrogant like that, and they feel like that nobody can touch them, and that's why I loved it at the very end of the story how he did get what was coming to him, but. Um, he felt like nothing could touch him, and I and it made me really feel for um, the other girl, Sasha, and the other mm-hmm. ladies, and how you know he just felt like nobody could touch him. And and he's ruined so many lives in the in the process. He's touched so so many lives mm-hmm. um, just by coming in contact with them and changed their lives forever. Because he didn't see the how he could his connection, you know. Nobody's that great. Nobody, everybody has to answer to somebody, and we're yeah. gonna have to answer to how we treat other people. Yes, he was very obnoxious. I also thought about Blair Underwood. Oh yes, 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 and thought, yeah, he would do a good job. Mhm. Yep. Does anyone else have a question for Waletta um, before we go to the next question?
question or comment. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to um, go to the next question. So, again, um, <clears throat> Positions of Compromise was a, a, a great book for those that, you know, catch the show in the middle. It was a great book. You have to grab a copy of it from Amazon. Um, and we are interviewing Waletta um, Dunn, and it is a, a great read for you to pick up. So my next question, um, I noticed that Loretta was the stronger individual in the book. Was that your intention? Yes. I, that's an, I believe that we all have come across, or I have come across, um, women in the workplace who are just stronger, wiser, and who are willing to share what they've learned with others. Uh, made her, even though she is wiser and stronger, she's not perfect. She's a flawed character. And um, because of that, she is able to be a blessing to other people. Uh, her, what she's learned from her marriage, um, and I've learned, now that I've been married since 1985, so that's 34 years. We've a long time I've been married. And from the outside, people always, you know, they want to say, oh, what wonderful, it's a blessing, you guys, that's great. And it is a great thing, but it's also a lot of work. And you have to share what you learn with other um, young married women, young, young ladies, young mothers, so that when they're going through tough times and trials and tribulations, they understand that this is not the first time that it's happened to someone, that we've all had tough times, and you can still make it through the tough times and get to the end and see the sunshine and, and, and be happy. So that was one of the reasons that I put her in, in this, so she could be the voice of reason for a lot of people, and um, hopefully that when we are in the workplace and we face with different positions of compromise and as we grow older, we can take those, not necessarily remember the mistakes, but remember the lessons and share those lessons with other people so that we can help them. And uh, Loretta was able to do that. She was able to think um, objectively and help both of her friends even though she was flawed herself. I agree. I agree with that. Um, Marcy, did you want to add to that before I ask the next part? Yes, I did. I, I love Loretta's character as well, and I, too, have been married for 34 years. And, um, oh, like, wow. Yeah, since Sister Wallet, uh, let us said, that it's hard work. And yes. as we go through different stages and different issues, in our marriages or mistakes that we may have made, not to be too ashamed or self-righteous, not to right. be able to share to help someone else. I love that about her character. Mm -hmm. And the devil will often use shame to keep mm -hmm. us bound. So exactly. we have to, once you bring it out in the open, you can't sh he can't shame you with it anymore. I mean, you can use it to help okay. somebody else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've all had some things that we're not very proud of. We've all done mm -hmm. some things we're not proud of, and yeah. but we're all human, and God knows that. And God, I, I'm 
so glad he understands that we are all human, and he loves us anyway. He always knew that we were going to make that choice, but he died for us anyway. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Shannon, did you want to add anything? My thought was I really enjoyed uh, the area where she um, had us thinking actually about how we wait in our faith with um, the one that wanted to have the baby. Yes. And how her husband said, well, let's put one, we're going to wait on it, on God, and two, let's put a name on it. Yes. And I thought that that could... Um, that could apply to any thing that we're waiting for in life. Yes, you, you're right. Um, and and that part actually happened to us too. We named. I t- shared earlier that we did uh, while we were waiting. We named the baby Michael. I was in church one Sunday, and someone came up to me and told me. I I, I don't remember who it was. But that person came up to me and said, why don't you just um, get a pacifier and a, and a jar of baby food and put the baby's name on it? And we did that. We, we knew we wanted a boy named Michael. We got a pacifier and put Michael's name on it. And we got a jar of baby food and put Michael's name on it. And then we also changed our office. It was an extra bedroom that was an office. We changed it into a baby's room. And every time we passed by it, we'd say, you, don't be quiet, don't wake the baby up. So we was calling those things that be not as though they were. We didn't know when God was going to send Michael to us, but we were ready. Whatever time, whenever, we were going to be ready for it. And sometimes it's hard to have it. it. It was hard for us to decide to do it, not only to hear that that's what we should do, but to decide to do it. And and then to just do it. But once you just do it, you step out on faith. We not only um, encouraged ourselves, but we showed God that we had faith and we believed that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. And now we share that story with our daughter. Our daughter was at, was nine years old when Michael was finally born, and she was there the whole process. She was praying for Michael to come. She was she would ask us, What's taking so long? When's Michael gonna get here? And then, you know, we were all had to explain we explained that to her the process and and how to believe and wait on God and it's is it was just a beautiful story. Yeah, and um it's funny how I we all have gone through similar things. Um, because that's something that happened Similar to that, uh, a minister, when uh, we couldn't, we kept trying and trying and um, found out I had endometriosis, but um, the minister kept saying, God said, you're going to have a son. And so she told Mm. me to go and and buy a car seat. And she would tell me, go get this car seat. And at first I'm looking at her like, Mm -hmm. what is wrong with this lady? Like I really, because I you know, it it was like a shock for me, like, what? You know, because mm-hmm. you can't see it. And, right. and then she said, you got to trust God. And so I did. And people were like, okay, why do you have a car seat in the back of your car? And one day she asked me to take her home. 
and um and I had pulled the car seat out to do something. I can't remember what it was. And she was like, "Where is it? Where's the car seat?" <laughs> and um I said, "Oh, it's, it's I have it." She said, "Put it back in here until you put him in it and you carry oh. him in the house." And I said, "Wow." And she just helped build my faith even then. Um yes. and not even knowing it. She was an evangelist. She was a hairdresser. I did not I, I she just happened to start just speaking what God was showing her and um sure mm. enough the doctors were saying we couldn't have any children and she was saying, No, God said and mm-hmm. you gotta trust him and so that's that is amazing how we do have to help people to know that God is still God. It doesn't matter what a doctor yes. says, it doesn't yes. matter who said what and you have to have mm. people alongside you to have that same faith to help and yeah. or to build your faith because you have to be surrounded about, around people that will build your faith and not have yeah. naysayers around. Oh you. yeah. Mhm. That's good. That's real good. Mhm. So we're going to shift a little bit and I just wanted to ask what is the hardest process about you know, your writing, when you get into writing another novel, what is the hardest part of the process? The hardest part for me, I'm, I'm an outliner, so I outline everything, and then I um, uh, I do a, a rough draft really fast. And going back, the hardest part is just right before it's almost done, but you go back and it's that last rewrite I guess um, because I I'm, I grow weary of the story I just want to get it out I just want to get it out but you know uh, it's, you, you gotta, it's a lot of work you just got to go and make sure um, you uh, everything is explained that the reader will be able to understand everything and to make sure you get your message across and that's the hardest part the rewrites are, are um, but it's a necessity, and it's, and I will always do it, but it is hard. I agree with that. That is so <laughs> true. I mean, the wait a minute, would they understand that? I mean, I think I did that over and over. That's how it ended up being right. so many more pages. Um, but, yeah, I would agree with that part. Does anybody else have a question before I ask for letter the next one? Okay, I have a question about one of the reading group guide questions in the back of the book where it says okay. Danny wants to keep Sasha secret about her relationship with Mr. Westcott. And I want to know, um, Waletta, what would you have done in that situation? Who? <laughs> I would have. I don't know. Well, I would have done a lot of things. Um in uh, that situation, Danny was a, a, an HR personnel, so, and I have been an HR personnel. So I understand that she is mandated to tell. If someone else has told her about something, she she has to tell or she will lose her job now. And if I were not an HR person, I know that I still need to do something, but I would um, make sure – I talk to the um, the person to Sasha and let her know and try to get her to understand exactly what steps need to be done next. But I would be there for her. I want to keep her trust. 
so she can come and talk to me. But my motive wouldn't be just tell me uh, what's happening for the gossip. No, I want to know what's happening because not only uh, do I want to help you, but this man could be doing that to somebody else. And then if he's not doing that to somebody else right now, he will in the future. So we need to do something about it. I would do whatever I could to help the the um, the individual, but I would also keep in mind that something needs to be done to stop that man because next time it could be a child that he's doing that with. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Did anybody have any other questions before we go to the next one? All right, my next question is uh, another general question. I know um, fiction writing is just another beast within itself um, than when you write nonfiction. So what advice would you give to somebody who feels like they're led to write fiction? I would tell them. First of all, if you feel like you're led to write it, then you don't have a choice. You need to go ahead and do what God has told you to do. Um, learn about your craft um, and just write every day. Um, even if, even though I'm writing fiction, I believe that God has a reader out there who needs to know what I'm about to write. There's someone waiting to hear it. And if I, or someone waiting to read it, and if I don't obey the Lord, then I could live and die and not do what I'm supposed to do, and that person may miss out on a blessing because I didn't do what I'm supposed to do. So my advice would be to go ahead and do it. Um, write, um, write down your thoughts, get some help, make sure you um, connect with people who have done what you want to do. Keep in mind that. Christian fiction is quite different from secular fiction. Um, you, you all and the, you always want to write something that um, will spread the message of Jesus Christ in some kind of way. You want to make sure you get that message across um, and um, get the help that you need, and make sure you get some training, get some help. You can take pers- um, classes online. You can take workshops. You can do all kinds of things um, to help yourself to get better, and uh, just make sure you do what you have, you are called to do. Amen, amen. Um, thank you, thank you for sharing. Um, tell us one of you know your favorite scriptures that keeps you going as you um, continue to write and do what God is calling you to do. There are so many scriptures, and every day it seems like this. Uh, I, I might this I might have one favorite one today and another favorite one tomorrow. Um, um, let's see. I, I love that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And even in this field of writing, there are a lot of weapons that, that can be formed. We can get weariness. That can be a weapon. Writer's block can be a weapon. The enemy will use a lot of things to try to get us not to do what God has assigned us to do. But no matter what 
it is. The Bible says it will be formed and maybe and, and in the, it will, but it won't work. You just got to push through it and make sure you get that story out. Um, I I apply that scripture to not only my writing but all parts of my life, my marriage, um, my friendships, everything, every aspect, even my relationship with other members of my family, um, and even with, as a citizen of the United States, there's so many ways that we are have been attacked, and but uh, it it won't prosper. We but we have to do our part too. We have to believe God and trust God, and he will, be, he will do what he, he will always do, what he is faithful. He is faithful, always faithful, and I love that about him, that he is always faithful. And um, that is one of my favorite scriptures. Now, one more question from me. Okay. Um, do you offer any writing workshops for people? That, that's just a question that popped in my head. But I, I, um, yes, I do. I do a lot of one-on-one consulting uh, with people to help them with uh, their writing, um, to help them through the whole process, the entire process from outlining to character development, um, all of those things I offer. And um, I, I don't, ex- I don't actually publish the book for them, but I can help them get to through the publishing process, everything that will help you get through the publishing process. And I love that. I love that because when I got started and I did not know what I was doing, God sent me so many beautiful people to help me through and to help me from the begin- the basics. You know, I could write the story. I knew what God was telling me to write, but I there's a, you know, you had to write in a certain way so that people can understand. There's a way to communicate what you have. Otherwise, you put a bunch of words out there and no one will understand what you're trying to say. And, and so people, uh, I was surrounded by people who helped me, who had already paved the way and who helped me along, people who weren't afraid to tell me, you know, um, this is not correct, you shouldn't do it this way. And, um, and of course, there were some people who I knew were not sent by God who tried to give me some advice. But I feel you, you need to know, uh, you can hear, you'll know, you'll be able to discern. Um, but uh, I wanted to be able to help others just like someone helped me. I want to help someone else. Amen. Thank you for sharing. And can you tell the audience how they can reach you, how they can connect with you? Or how they sure. can purchase your um, books. All of my books are, you can go to my website and purchase all the books at www.wmasondunn.com. You can sign up for my um, newsletter on that website as well. And once you get my newsletter, then you'll find out about new updates and new releases and and you'll find out where uh, I will be, different places are my appearances. Also, I can be reached at Facebook at uh, Waletta Mason Dunn on Facebook and also author Waletta Mason Dunn. Uh, let's see. And then I can always be reached by Gmail at Waletta Dunn at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Waletta, for 
discussing your book with us. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, again, thank you for what God is doing in your life. We're going to go ahead and pray out. Father, we thank you for your woman of God. We thank you, God, for those that are listening. We pray that they receive something from this discussion. We pray, God, that you would just bless them, you would keep them, you would cover them, and provide whatever they need. Father, we pray and we thank you and we magnify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. Have a phenomenal week and continue to find your hope and the only hope there is Christ our Lord.